Hey, welcome. Everybody, welcome to River Glen. And uh, whether you're here in Waukesha, maybe you're watching us online somewhere, maybe you're over in Pewaukee, uh, great to have you with us as we begin this uh, new series called uh, Advent that's going to lead us up to Christmas and the uh, new year. You guys uh, excited about Christmas? Looking forward to Christmas? Yeah. Merry Christmas. And uh, you looking forward to the new year? I am. I checked in 2020, has only 12 months, and I'm grateful for that. And so we're getting close to uh, 2021, but until then, I really believe that God wants to use this series to give us the best Christmas and the best uh, December uh, yet. But in order to do that, we need to talk about this idea of Advent. Some of you probably grew up hearing about Advent. Maybe you grew up going to a church that practiced Advent. Maybe they lit, uh, lit uh, candles. If you grew up Catholic or Lutheran, maybe you're familiar, probably are familiar with uh, Advent. Maybe your family practiced uh, Advent. I'm curious, I'm, show of hands, how many of you grew up in a family that practiced Advent or talked about Advent? Yeah, well, yeah, quite a few. Quite a few of you. Maybe, maybe you had one of these, one of these Advent calendars. Uh, this one has a piece of chocolate for every day in December. I bought five of these for myself this year. I'm going to have a great Christmas. I'm looking forward. I would have loved this as a kid, but I grew up in a family that we didn't really just, we didn't really use that word Advent. The church I went to, we, we grew up, uh, I grew up going to, didn't really use that word Advent. I really didn't know what it meant. Even as an adult, I would hear people say, you know, we're going to practice Advent this Christmas. And I'm like, I didn't really know. I don't really know what that means. Uh, it was, it was a, a kind of a mystery uh, to, to uh, me. Maybe you can relate. If somebody handed you a microphone and said, please explain exactly what Advent is, you'd go, I, I really don't know. And so to start us off today, I want to explain the meaning of Advent. Uh, Advent is a Latin phrase that simply means coming. Someone's coming. Someone is arriving. And when you use the word Advent, you're not just referring to, you know, just anybody. It's, it, it's almost always referring to someone very important who's coming. And so think about it in your life. When someone really important is coming to your house, what do you do? You prepare, right? That's what many of us did for uh, Thanksgiving, right? Remember, remember back in the day when we used to have a bunch of people uh, come over to our homes for Thanksgiving and, and uh, you know, you would prepare everything to make sure everything's ready for that Thanksgiving meal. You know, you'd, you'd make the perfect meal. You'd, you'd make sure everything is in just the right place. You cleaned your, your house, right? Uh, you lit a candle. Maybe you lit a candle to make sure everything smelled good. This year, maybe you put out some hand sanitizer. You know, maybe you spread out the seats a little bit, wipe down the counters. You prepare for everyone who is coming. And that is what Advent is all about. Advent is really based on two ideas. Here's, here's the first idea that Advent is based on. Some, someone incredibly important is coming. That's literally what Advent means. Someone is coming. And then the second idea, you're going to do everything you can to prepare. And so the reason that we have Advent calendars is because we're going to prepare every day, December 1st through December 24th, for who's coming on, on, on December 25th. So here's the big question. Who are you preparing for on December 25th? Now, I know we're in church, and so you're like, you know, I know, I know, right? We know the church answer, but I'm not looking for the church answer. I'm looking for the honest answer. I mean, when you think back to Christmases in the past, what did you prepare for December 1st 
through 24th. I think some of us, if we're honest, we'd have to write Santa on the line right there because, because for some of us, it's all about the gifts. The gifts are really, we made a really big deal about the gifts. Or maybe some of us are like, well, no, I think for me, it's really about, you know, the party. It's about the gathering. And it's going to be a smaller gathering probably this year, but you're still going to spend the month cleaning and cooking and preparing. Some of us would maybe put the, the word family in there. Family's coming. And, and that, that's really important to us. And none of these things are, are, are bad. These things are all good. They're just not best. We have to understand that Christmas was always designed to center around one person, and that is Jesus, because the day of Jesus' birth changed. 2,000 years ago, it changed everything in history. The Apostle John wrote about the life of Jesus in his book that we call The Gospel of John, and in the first chapter, he writes about the birth of Jesus. This is one of the most important verses referring to Jesus' birth in the entire Bible. Take a look at what it says. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word is, is God. God became flesh. God became a human being and lived among us. I like the way the message uh, version uh, puts it. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that, isn't that great? Think about the significance of that, of that verse. The birth of Jesus changed everything in history. Up to this point, up to, the, up to the birth of Jesus, people had tried to reach toward God. Like, you know, maybe I can reach God. Maybe I can live a good enough life where I can reach God and God says, no, that's not the way that it works. I'm going to show you in the most amazing way what I'm all about. And on Christmas Day, God reached down to us and showed us who he is in the form of his son, Jesus. I think for many of us, especially if you follow Jesus, you know that we should focus on Jesus during this time of the year. But here's the problem. Almost everything in the month of December works against us focusing on Jesus. Some people describe the month of, of December as the most chaotic and busy month of the year. I mean, take a look at this list. Here's some of the things that we do in the month of December. We put up lights, put up a tree, we decorate inside and outside, we cook, we shop for gifts, we wrap those gifts, we have more events and activities, we bake cookies, and of course we watch movies. There's all kinds of great Christmas movies. If you think about it, you can have so much going on that you get to the end of December and you go, almost nothing I did focused me on Jesus. And in the midst of all the busyness of December, our world is not going to point you to Jesus. In some ways, our world has tried to take Jesus out of Christmas, which seems odd to me. Because if you look at the evidence, you find that the birth of Jesus is the day that changed all of human history. Let me give you one example. The world, our world, has divided history based on one day, the birth of Jesus. I mean, how do we track history? How do we track time in our world? With B.C. and A.D., right? The whole world tracks history based on B.C. and A.D. Do you know what these two things mean? What does B.C. mean? You can, you can say it out loud. Yeah, exactly, before Christ. Before Christ. What about A.D.? What does A.D. mean? You know, many people think it means after death. But that's not what it, it, it means. Be, before Christ refers to the time leading up to the birth of Jesus. Jesus lived 33 years. If it referred to after death, 
there would be a 33-year gap in history. And so it doesn't refer to, it doesn't mean after death. Here's what A.D. means. It means Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. The birth of Jesus began the first year of our Lord. And today we're living in the 2020th year of our Lord. The birth of Jesus changed everything. Now I know that uh, some historians the last 30 years or so have tried to change, change it to uh, BCE and take Jesus out of it, change it to BCE and CE before Common Era and Common Era. They've tried to change the letters. But it, it doesn't matter what you change the letters to. I mean, you could change it to AI and, and BI before it and after it. But it will always be the birth of Jesus no matter what you call it, which means you can practice Islam, Hinduism, atheism, agnosticism, uh, Buddhism, but you still track time on your calendar based on one day, the birth of one person, Jesus Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad that you're with us today. And I wanna encourage you, I believe there is so much incredible evidence. I encourage you to focus to focus on or investigate the evidence for Jesus during the month of December. But for all of us, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we can miss Christ this Christmas. And so here's the big idea that I wanna talk with you a little bit about today as we talk about Advent. Here it is, the birth of Jesus is too big to remember on just one day. I'm gonna say that again, the birth of Jesus is too big to remember on just one day. And so what if this year you decide to reclaim Christmas and focus less on the superficial and more on your Savior, Jesus? I think for, for many of us, focus, focusing on Jesus in the month of December, especially this year, is going to make a bigger difference than, than we probably can imagine. Here's why. After Christmas, when January 1st comes, the new year, because December has a tendency to throw our priorities out of whack. Many people, when it comes to New Year's Day, here's what they say, I need a restart. But what if on January 1st, instead of needing a restart, what if you were ramped up and ready to go? And Advent will help you do that. Advent prepares you, not just for Christmas, but for the new year. The way that we end the year determines how we start the year, and I think that's going to be a great help for many of us. And Advent doesn't have to be complex. Some people make it complex, but I'm gonna simplify Advent for you today to show you that it's not as complicated to uh, prepare for December 25th throughout the month of, of December as you might uh, think. But first I wanna give you a simple definition for Advent to get us all on the same page. Advent is a daily focus in December to remember why we celebrate Christmas in, in the first place. If you strip all the complexity away, Advent is simply you during the month of December for 24 days leading up to December 25th deciding I'm gonna do one thing each day to focus on Jesus. And, and I know today I think is, is the fifth, right? Saturday the fifth. But it's not too late to get started today practicing Advent. Advent, I think, is gonna make this, it's gonna help make this the best Christmas yet. Now, now here's what some of you are probably thinking. That, that, that sounds good, that sounds awesome. I'd love to have a daily focus on Jesus, but you know, where would I start? How would I do that? And that's where our church 
can help you out. And so I want to do two things with the time that I have remaining. One is I want to show you how every single day in the month of December, you can see Jesus very clearly. And then second, I want to share with you a tool that's going to help you practice Advent. So let's start with number one. What's one way to see Jesus very clearly every single day in the month of December? I'm going to give you one word, and this word might surprise you, but hang with me. Here's the word, mundane. Mundane. Mundane means common, ordinary. And I think in the month of December, we have a tendency to miss the majestic because it's hidden in the mundane. For example, on January 12, 2007, an ordinary looking man, you know, wearing ordinary clothes, wearing a ball cap and a t-shirt and, and jeans, walked into one of the busiest subways in Washington, D.C., and he started playing the violin for 43 minutes as over 1,000 people passed by. What nobody knew until the next day when the Washington Post ran the story is the man here playing the violin in the subway his name is Joshua Bell, and Joshua Bell was widely known as one of the greatest classical musicians in the whole world, and he played a violin that was worth over three and a half million dollars. Three days earlier in Washington, D.C., he sold out one of the largest theaters for a concert. People paid a hundred, several hundred dollars, some over a thousand dollars, to have a seat to hear some of the best music in the world. And so the Washington Post did this experiment to see if in the midst of the busyness going on, to see if people would see the majestic in the midst of the mundane. Here's what they wrote in the article. Would people notice one of the finest classical musicians in the world playing some of the most elegant music ever written. He played Bach and some of the most difficult music on one of the most valuable violins in the world. And they videoed the whole thing. You can actually go to YouTube and watch this video and you will see 1,097 people pass by Joshua Bell playing some of the most amazing music in the world. How many people do you think stopped to even notice or listen? Seven people. One of them was a three-year-old boy. He was mesmerized. He could tell there was something different about the music that this guy was playing. But you know what his mom did? She yanks him on. She pulls him on because it's so easy to miss the majestic in the midst of the mundane. And you know what? That's exactly what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. When God sent his son Jesus as a baby to save the world that first Christmas, almost everybody missed it because it was the majestic in the midst of the mundane. I mean, think about the Christmas story. Think about the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph. They were just common, ordinary people. And Bethlehem was anything but majestic. It was just an ordinary, small, nothing town. And he wasn't born in a mansion. He was born in a manger, in the equivalent of a barn, probably surrounded by the smell of animal dung and urine everywhere. And you know how they announced the birth of Jesus. They would announce the birth of kings from a mountaintop. But angels announced the birth of Jesus to shepherds, the lowliest, the most outcast members of society at that time. It was a lowly and mundane birth. And almost everybody missed the birth of the Savior of the world. Look at what John writes about this in his gospel. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. And not a lot has changed 2,000 years later. 
So many people miss Jesus at Christmas. And so here's what I wanna suggest to you, to see Jesus this Christmas. Look to the mundane. Look to the mundane. But what does that mean? How do you do that practically? Well, think about it. What are the normal, ordinary things that you see all around us uh, during the month of December? What, what are the common, ordinary sights of Christmas? Well, here's a list that might help. You know, you're going to see Christmas trees and ornaments and stars and gifts and candy canes and lights and angels and candles. You're going to see the colors red, green, white, and gold. And you're probably going to see Buddy the Elf everywhere this, uh, this month. Think about it this way. Imagine if you were an alien from another planet sent here to observe humanity for a year. You would come to the month of December and you would have to report back that everybody has lost their minds because people go out and they cut down a tree and they put it up in their home. I mean, that would be kind of, that seems kind of weird. And then they hang little light bulbs on the trees and candy canes and then they take lights and climb up on their roof and almost kill themselves hanging lights on their homes. And you know, some of the men hang leaves from the ceiling. They call it uh, mistletoe, trying to get some action during the month of uh, December. I know that's kind of gross, but uh, some men, you know, you do whatever you gotta do. But have you ever wondered why do we do all of these things? What if I told you almost every single one of those things, minus Buddy the Elf and minus the mistletoe, were designed, did you know this? to point you to Jesus? What if the history behind these ordinary traditions pointed you back to Jesus? Wouldn't that be a great way every single day to remind you and point you to the Savior and why we celebrate Christmas in the first place? Let me give you a little example, the candy cane. Have you ever wondered why we have candy canes everywhere at Christmas time? The history behind the candy cane is that in the 17th century, they had uh, candy sticks that were, that were straight and common until a church choir director came up with an idea leading up to Christmas. He wanted to give kids something that would point them to Jesus and occupy them during the service so that they wouldn't make a lot of noise. And so he took a candy stick and he bent it in the shape of a shepherd's crook to remind us to remember the, the shepherds who came and worshiped Jesus. And if you flip it around, it's in the shape of the letter J. And then he decided to take a white stick and he put a red stripe around it to remind us about the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And the white of the candy cane reminds us of the purity of Jesus. You know, that's why we have the candy cane at Christmas. And, and that's just one example. Now you're thinking, that's awesome, but, you know, how would I figure out the rest of them? How would I find out about the rest of them? And that's where we can help you out. We want to share with you an Advent devotional this Christmas. It's, it's for every day in December leading up to Christmas. Takes less than two minutes a day. Each day it takes a part of Christmas that you see everywhere around you. And it gives you the history and it points you back to Jesus. It also gives you a Bible verse with it and oftentimes it gives you an activity that you can do yourself or you can do it with your family. And we're making this devotional available uh, to you. And so I wanna challenge our whole church to do this one thing, to do this devotional where it'll take the mundane and the ordinary from the Christmas season and it'll point you back to Jesus and why we have Christmas 
in the first place. You can get this devotional at our website, right at the top on the front page. You just click on this button right here where it says Advent Devotional. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this. This is a really fun and meaningful uh, devotional for Christmas. In fact, I want to just take a moment and uh, I want us to read one together. They, they don't take much time. This is from day one of the Advent devotional. It's about uh, the wreath and uh, we actually have a wreath hanging on the back of the stage. It says the Christmas wreath is a popular decoration that we typically find hanging on a door over the fireplace or in windows. But did you know that the circular shape of the wreath has a symbolic meaning? The circular shape symbolizes eternity. It has no beginning and no end, just like Jesus' love for us. Here's the verse, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Every time you see a Christmas wreath, remember that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have everlasting life. And then here's the takeaway. Look around your house or take a walk around your neighborhood. Every time you see a wreath, Think about a time when you have experienced God's love. That's one example. That's day one. It's a great tool to help us focus on Jesus this Christmas, but it's going to take intentionality on your part. Remember we said Advent is a daily focus, so you use it once a day in December to help you remember the day that changed history and changed your eternity. Parents, you could do this devotional with your kids while you drive them to school. You could do it around the dinner table in the evening. You could do it before bedtime. If you download the devotional on your device, when you click the button to start the plan, it'll give you the option to read it with friends who've also downloaded the devotional. You can share comments with other people, with your family, with your friends, with people from your life group, your ministry team, about what that day's reading meant to you. You can also combine this devotional with an advent calendar. There are just all kinds of advent calendars that you can find that'll help you practice uh, advent. Uh, you know, there's some that have candy or, or toys, you know, for kids or adults. There's some for all ages. There's some for men and women that have, you know, gifts and products for, uh, for uh, adults. Uh, here's one, this one has a, a pop-up each day that tells part of the Christmas story. Kids love these kinds of things. One of our staff members brought in an advent calendar that they use in their home. They actually have three advent calendars that they use every December. And uh, this one, you move the star every day as you go through December. This uh, staff member told me that they started doing this when the kids were really little and now their kids are all grown and they, they still love to do that calendar uh, together. We have one just like it and our kids enjoy do it, still enjoy doing it uh, too. Some people are using what's called a reverse advent calendar this year. This is interesting. Each day leading up to Christmas, you put a specific food item in a box listed on the calendar. And then on the 24th, you take the whole box to a food bank and you help other people. And it makes you more grateful for what you have. Some people get creative and make a homemade advent calendar. Someone from our church sent this picture of an advent calendar they put together at home with 24 little pouches. And they filled those pouches with candy and stickers and lip gloss for kids. Maybe you've got some teenagers and you're thinking, how, how would I, how would I uh, you know, do this with my teenager? Some people will put cash in little pouches 
Or some Advent calendars have drawers, little compartments, 24 little compartments, and one day it might be 50 cents. You know, another day it might be more. You know, another day there might be a 20 in there. Some people will incent their kids to uh, focus on Jesus and practice Advent. I'm, I'm not kidding, I'm serious. You know, some people will incent their kids to practice Advent. You might think, well, that doesn't sound, you know, you know very spiritual, you know, to put money in there or to put candy in there. But you know what? It might be more spiritual than you think. In ancient Israel, they would teach children at a very young age the word of God. When a child was old enough to read, the child would walk into the classroom and the rabbi would teach the kids the scriptures in a very creative way. Here's what the rabbi would do. He would give honey to each of the kids. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal to us, but back then, uh, they didn't have candy bars. Honey was the sweetest thing that you could give to a child. And as the rabbi gave each of the kids a little bit of honey, he would say to them, may the word of God be like honey on your lips. And that points us to this verse in Psalms where David writes about God's word. He says, how sweet, God, are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, I'm not trying to prescribe anything to you, okay? You do what you think is best. I do think it's appropriate to incent kids, to reward kids, to help kids at a young age, to associate focusing on Jesus as something good, as something enjoyable, as something fun. And it might be more spiritual than you would imagine. Some of you already have, you know, Advent practices and traditions that you do already. The only thing that matters in practicing Advent, I think, is having a daily time to focus on Jesus, a daily time. Can you imagine taking a couple minutes each day to focus on Jesus leading up to Christmas? I wonder, what's at stake for some of us in practicing Advent? Many people assume that Christmas is the most joyful time of the year, but that's not always true. Uh, Christmas is like a magnifying glass, and if you're going through a good time, if you're feeling good, I mean, it magnifies it, and it makes it even, even better. But if you're having a tough time right now, Christmas will magnify it and make the pain a little stronger, the, the loneliness more intense, the depression, anxiety even, even greater. Maybe you're in a marriage and you're not sure that it's gonna make it to the new year. Maybe you lost someone, a loved one recently, and you're gonna have your first Christmas without that person. Maybe you're going through such a tough time right now that you're not, you're not really even looking forward to the Christmas season, but if you would put Jesus at the center of your Christmas, I'm telling you, it will change everything. A Christ-centered Christmas will give you your best Christmas yet. And so here's the takeaway today, it's real simple. This Christmas, I commit to practicing Advent. You, you commit that I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna open up this devotional that my church is making available to me or maybe you have another devotional that, that you wanna use, that, that's fine. But you're gonna practice every single day where you have a time where you remember why we have Christmas in the first place and you do that each day leading up to Christmas and I believe God's gonna give you the best Christmas yet. I think God's gonna change lives by focusing on him this December. And so whether you use the daily devotional that we provide or maybe you have another one that you use or some other tool, I'm challenging you today. Don't let tonight go by 
without practicing Advent, without opening up this devotional, and you commit to doing it every day, and you watch, and you see what God does in your life this Christmas. Let me pray for us. God, I'm, I'm grateful for a church that wants to put you at the center of, of everything that we're doing. And God, you know we live in a culture in December where life gets chaotic and busy, and if we don't open our eyes and, and, and our, open our understanding, nothing around us is gonna point us to you. And so this Christmas, may we be a church with individuals and couples and families that prepare for Christmas so that we don't miss Jesus this Christmas. In the midst of December, would you just point us back to who you are, what you want for our lives, and would you begin to transform us in a whole new way? And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.